Today on Catfish Best Source, we bring back a guest from season number one, a catfish royalty. He's not new to the catfish world, but he's got a new position in the catfish world. We talk to Keith Catfish Sutton from the studios of Grand Forks Best Source. Welcome to Catfish Best Source, presented by Half Brothers Brewing Company. I'm your host, Brad Durick. Joined, as always, this season by producer Dale. Thank you for joining us. Dale, come on in here for a moment. Hey, what's up, Brad? How goes it? How you doing today? Doing really good. Doing really good. You know, yeah, just, it's been pretty nonstop lately, but I'm enjoying it. Looking forward to another episode. Well, you got a lot more dealing with me this winter, but I wanted to bring you in because you don't always get to partake in a half brother's beverage with us here That's on the true. show because you have to go to work after the show's oh, I, recording. I, I got the craziest work sleep schedule, but I find a way to make it work. <laughs> so with that, we're going to crack ourselves. The one I have today is, is called the Lumberjack Snack. It's a red ale, and it, it's a new one. I've not seen this one before. It's... They, I wish I would have looked up a name. They <laughs> actually had a contest naming the lumberjack on the can. That's a very cool like lumberjack. Call me or something like that. I can't remember. But this is, we'll take a sample of this and we'll get to Dale in just a second. Yep, a nice little bit darker red ale. I love it. Dale, what do you got? I got the. Uh, you got classic. The, the classic golden ale there. Yeah, that's uh, that's kind of always a go to of mine. So nice, smooth. Uh, they're lighter lager, I believe. That's so. their lighter lager. Yes, sir. Oh, yeah. Easy thumbs up. Love it. <laughs> See what happens when you don't have to go to work I know. after you record? <laughs> yeah. Or time I know we have to hit up the, the, my other outside GFBS obligations after here. So, yeah, absolutely love it. <laughs> well, Dale, thanks for dealing with us, and we'll uh, talk to you later. Mm-hmm. All right, on, to, on and word and upward. Well, we're talking about Half Brothers Brewing. Today, we, as I've mentioned, I have the Lumberjack Snack. Dale has the Classic. This is from our friends at Half Brothers Brewing. These guys really know how to make beer. They're so good that they have me enjoying brews that I usually don't. Now, I told you this all last season, that I didn't like IPAs and I didn't like sours. Well, I like the classic, but I like the other stuff better. So when I'm down at the Tap House at 17 North 3rd Street, that's what I'm enjoying. The Lumberjack Snack may possibly be one of my favorites. Nodak 23, you can never go wrong with that one. And many, many more. New ones come out on Friday. Check them out on the web if you've never met, dealt with them, for halfbrothersbrewing.com. And their tap room is open to families. Kids can be there. Again, North 3rd Street in Grand Forks. They also have a special events room now that you can rent for private parties, or they have entertainment in there some of the weekends. So lots going on at Half Brothers Brewing in Grand Forks, North Dakota at 17 North 3rd Street. Thank them for being our signature sponsor this year. Now that we've got that done let's talk about our contest for a minute dale roll some super clean there we go so we've got a new partner this year and we're going to run a couple contests to get everybody some super clean i'm not going to make a big commercial out of this but since we're starting this out go to my facebook page brad derrick outdoors we're going to put a super clean logo up there and go like the page like the post and just write super clean in the bottom. After a couple of weeks, we're going to draw for a win- winner randomly from that contest, and we're going to get you some super clean sent out to you. So I've been mentioning, or mentioned at the beginning, that we have a very special guest who was with us on season number one from Arkansas. The freshly almost retired Keith Catfish Sutton is with us. Hello, Mr. Brad. How you doing? 
I am doing wonderful, thank you. So, before I get too deep, I want to start where we ended two years ago when you were in season number one with your Buffalo story. Is everything good with your Buffalo story? Health is all good now and everything? Everything's good. I just recently uh, had my annual checkup, and the doc said, I'm so good, I don't have to come back for three years. Oh, awesome, awesome Everything's Everything's good. I, I, I feel a little older. I got bones that creak a little more, and it's a little harder to get out of my easy chair some days, but it's all good. Yeah, don't start with me on the feeling old thing because it's really coming on, <laughs> coming on. I was just recently at the eye doctor, and he goes, "Any changes?" I said, "Yeah, I can't see, <laughs> <laughs> just like last year and the year before." So, anyway, you have recently retired from your regular job, so to speak. Right. And taking right. on a new job. So tell us what you're jumping into now. Yeah, a lot of the folks out there probably uh, read Catfish Now magazine. It's a free online magazine. All you got to do is go to catfishnow.com and you'll see on the homepage a, a subscribe button. And it's pretty easy to sign up. It is uh, the place to go to get catfishing information. Uh, doesn't cost you a penny. Uh, they'll send it out to you each month. It comes out monthly around the 15th of the month. And it is just jam packed full of great information, uh, for beginners, intermediate and advanced anglers or something for everybody there. Uh, I've been a part of it in some ways as a writer, uh, ever since it started several years ago. The uh, current editor, uh, Ron Presley, is retiring finally at, I believe, at the age of 81. Captain Presley's going to retire and do a little more, more fishing, and I'm going to take over the editorial responsibilities, uh, talking to writers and uh, getting folks uh, signed up to do some content for us. Uh, happy to say you're one of those content providers and going to be doing some writing uh, I believe you you got several assignments for the coming year already, and we may have some more before we get done. I can't believe I've already got three of the four finished for the most part. <laughs> just, I can't believe you do either. You win brownie points, Mr. Brad. It was, a, it was a good week. Normally, I sit there two days before it's due, scratching my head, wondering how this is all going to come together, <laughs> and it always does, but... For whatever reason, once we got there, I knocked those three out pretty darn quick. And I've got the fourth one drafted. You just haven't seen it yet. Well, folks are going to be eager to see those stories. You're one of the writers uh, that I really like to work with because you always have some original thoughts about how to catch catfish and what they're doing as far as their biology and where they are and how to find them. Uh, folks will really enjoy those stories. The three I've read so far are very unique and have a lot of interesting content that'll teach people how to catch some more fish. Let's, uh, let me ask you, just, it just popped into my head. Cause like I told you before, I basically got nothing for today other than to introduce you and talk to you. So let me just ask a question. So one of the things that I find in reading articles versus writing articles is I tend to bring in more of a columny look to it, even though I try to be very informational. Is that something that you like or readers like, or am I off in left field with 
how I like to write. No, I, I think uh, people do like that more and more these days, rather than reading uh, big, long, involved stories that, that have uh, thousands of words. People want their information in smaller bites, and columns are very popular. We have, uh, I believe, altogether eight different columns that we try to run each issue or at least every other issue. Uh, one of those would be uh, kids and catfish. We like to tell stories about kids and their catches and how to help them catch more fish. We have a column uh, on why we catfish, where uh, some of the anglers and uh Guides and folks that are out there doing it every day tell why they enjoy catfishing. Uh, we have feature articles that are more uh, in-depth uh, about different topics through the year. We have a theme each month. For example, we'll have a theme coming up, uh, Women in Catfishing. And all our stories, that issue will be either about women or written by women. Uh, I think that's a really cool deal because we have a lot of women folks who are involved in catfishing just like us. So it's a really uh, great magazine. It covers a broad spectrum of information. Uh, some people might look at it and think uh, it's a little heavy on the tournament side of things, but it's really not. We try to post news about tournaments around the country, especially the big ones. But uh, there's a, a wealth of information uh, in those issues. And you can go back to the website anytime. If you're trying to find out, for example, about uh, a certain kind of bait, you can go and plug that in the search function on the home page. And it'll pull up all the articles about that topic. So you can actually do your own research and learn that way, too. Well, you're giving me ideas like <clears throat> I'm sitting here scribbling. You can probably see it. Um, good, good, good. The, I'm going to pitch a couple to you right now. You ready? <laughs> <laughs> Go for it. The why we catfish one. What you were make? You were talking about the why we catfish, and I'm just thinking about me. You know, I would call it maturing as a catfisherman because in my career, and I would, I guess, by today's standards, I'm probably a veteran. I mean, coming into I'm just about to start year 16 guiding. That first book has gone on 10 years since it was released, so I, I guess that would be veteran You're status. You're definitely a veteran. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, you know, I, was, I think back, and I said it on a TV show once a few years ago, but, of course, you think about it more. You know, when I started, it was just about catching fish. Then it was learning to catch fish. Then it became, when, when the guiding played in, it was getting other people to catch fish. And now the last few years, it's just been about beating the fish. Whatever happens in the boat happens in the boat from there. That's me. That's my mind. Of course, my job is to make sure they catch fish and are happy. But in my mind, it's about beating the fish, which goes back to all the books and writing and research and all that other stuff I've done. <laughs> and, you know, I, I talk to these people that, you know, they fish and fish and fish and fish and fish, but they don't necessarily change anything. And Frankly, you guide 30 days in a row, you want a day off, and I don't go that day, and it's like there's something wrong with me that I should be out there, but <laughs> I don't need to be. It's just, you know, you do it enough days in a row, you, you, you want a day off, which is nice and, you know, in some cases odd to some people. I think uh, many, many people don't realize how 
uh, tough being a fishing guide can be. That that is one job I wouldn't want to have. It's tough to do. It you're up at all hours uh, trying to get things ready, and then you're out there on the water, whether it's cold or raining or whatever, hoping something's going to bite, and then you're uh, cleaning up when it's all done, and everybody else is home eating dinner and going to sleep. You're still working. I I don't know how you guys do it, to be honest with you, and. For the guys who are consistently successful, it's obvious they have spent a lot of time learning what those fish do and how to find them and catch them. And anytime we're talking about Mother Nature, whether it's catfish or bald eagles, you know, they're so unpredictable. Uh, There's so many things that can be going on and you as a guide have to know all those things to be successful. So it's always nice having a guide's perspective on things uh, for the magazine. And I think uh, you bring two things. You're a good writer and a good guide. And I think that'll be reflected in the content you, you bring to catfish now. Well, I appreciate those words. But, you know, you're right. That Mother Nature lady, she can kick you square in the nuts occasionally yep. <laughs> just because yep, she wants sure. to. Has to remind you who's boss when it happens. But, you know, every season here on Catfish Best Source, I try to bring in a guide, not necessarily from the catfish world. Last year we had Jeff Anderson, who's uh, been many, many years in walleyes and muskies. And it's it's kind of fun to talk to those guys because all of our day pretty much lines up equally. Um, those guys don't typically have to spend an hour cutting lines down and redoing it because they stretch the leaders out and they're on the verge of breaking and they don't have to go bait searching constantly like we do, but we all kind of follow the thing. And, you know, my day, it's funny, the first trip of the year or two, you're running around like a chicken with its head cut off, trying to get everything loaded up and not forget anything. And by the time you're into day 65, it takes three minutes to get everything loaded up because it's just so automatic. <laughs> and you're on the you know on the phone all day searching for bait and whatnot. But the one thing after all these years that I, I'm not complaining, I'm just pointing it out because it's nice to crank up the tunes and have a beer too. But uh, you get done with your whole day, especially when you're fishing on the road, and you got to cut those lines down, cut the hooks off, and retie everything so you don't break off the next day. After about a month, that has got to be the most horrible thing in my whole day. And it's so easy (laughs) and so simple, and it means nothing in the grand scheme of things. But it's like you get home, you eat dinner, and you're out in the driveway, and like I said, the tunes are playing, and you crack a beer. But that 15 minutes or so that you got to cut everything down and tie it is just like the worst part of the whole day. (laughs) Yeah, it's it's tedium for me tying, uh, tying rigs. I'm not the best. I can't hardly tie my shoes. so I wear slip-on shoes good... and Crocs, so don't get on <laughs> me about that. <laughs> it's, uh, one, one good thing about uh, what you've got going on, Brad, you're sitting on what is probably the best channel cat fishery in the U.S. And uh, y'all had a really good season, it looked like, this year. I keep track of your, you and your clients on Facebook and other people should do that too because anybody who wants to catch a real trophy channel cat needs to fish the Red River up your way. I've been fortunate. I fished it up in Canada, and uh, it was without a doubt 
one of the best fishing trips of any kind I've ever been on. Uh, we didn't catch not one fish that was less than 18 pounds. And we caught channel cats up to 37 pounds. And that, it was just incredible to me. Every fish I caught up there was bigger than every channel cat I'd caught in 50 years of fishing. Uh, what an incredible fishery. And one of the things I just read this morning was they uh, recently, well, I guess a few months have passed, they did another survey of y'all's river and, and it looks very healthy and uh, the numbers of fish are good. And so uh, hopefully you'll have another bang up season again come this year. Well, you again gave me lots to talk about with that. But uh, yes, the the DNR did their five-year study, which ended up two years late because of the COVID, like everything right, else. Right. Um, I think that survey could have been actually better had they done it a week later. Because what happened is, and if you refer back to episode number one, Dale and I talked about this a little bit ago, but uh, we ended up with major flooding and held us out for a month. And, of course, I was not the first one in the river, but probably the second. And the DNR, that first week when I got the ramps going, the DNR was in doing that study because that was when they were scheduled to do it. And I couldn't catch fish, and they were having trouble with netting. They did get some. But the water was still falling so fast that things hadn't settled out. And what ultimately happened was um, I think we all missed a lot of fish that first week because the fish just flat out weren't ready, because they were wrapping up their study on Thursday. Of course, Friday, nobody fished because we had the big Shields boundary battle that weekend. Well, we had a major, major thunderstorm Friday night, and the river was stabilizing a little bit, and we broke every tournament record for weight you could imagine. The only thing we didn't wow. break was the biggest fish ever weighed. Uh, and the, the day total wasn't broken, but we had we had... Ever in the previous seven years of that tournament, we had one team in the 70 pounds. And this year, when that bite turned on, the fish were running so big that we had teams in the 70 pounds that weren't cashing checks. And I think a lot got missed by the DNR just simply because of poor timing. But I know they got further downstream and they had some just unbelievable test netting. So um, that, that study could actually be skewed a little bit to the negative from what they did publish. Well, and their uh, their report was very positive and upbeat about how good the fishery is and what what good conditions they did find. So that's that speaks volumes about uh, where you're guiding up there and uh, the fact that anybody who really wants to get on the water and have a good time and catch some real trophy fish. That ought to be a destination uh, they put on their itinerary for sure. Well, we're going to go back and we're going to talk a little bit more since you brought up how good the season was because I want to I share with you some of the things that came up oh, within great. it that are above and beyond. But first, we have to have a, a little bit of pay the bills here. So our friend Thunder Ray, who was here with episode number one, we talked to Ray. Everyone has a car or truck, and everyone will need repair at one time or another. I'm going to recommend Thunder Ray's Auto Repair in Grand Forks. I've known Ray for many years. He's a friend of this show. He's been a sponsor of this show since day one. 
and he started his own shop a couple years back, and we all knew he would be great. You just drive by the shop up on North Washington, it's always full of cars, which is always going to tell you that they're good. My family has changed, take, changed and taken everything to Thunder Ray since he opened. They fix all makes and models, including some collector cars and muscle cars. They can do tires. They can even do wheel bearings, which I know all about, and everything else that you can imagine for your car or truck. This Thunder Ray's Auto on North Washington in Grand Forks. Look them up. Schedule your appointment at thunderrays.com. Also, we have Brothers Firearms. The Brothers Firearms Shop, just down the road here in the Grand Cities Mall from the Grand Forks Best Source Studios, they buy, sell, and trade new and used firearms. Brothers has got you covered for anything you may need from tons of firearm silencers, and now they even have flamethrowers, because everybody needs a flamethrower, right? Brothers Firearms is veteran-owned. Check out Brothers Firearms in the Grand Cities Mall in Grand Forks. They're open Monday through Friday from 11 to 6, Saturdays from noon to 4. They also deal with online at brothersfirearmshop.com, protecting America since 2015. Okay, we got some bills paid, so back to what you were saying about following my season. So I did the stats on the season, and in the past five years, because I had to go through the books and get ready for this Coast Guard renewal, um, it was, in terms of weight and numbers, it was my third best season of the five-year span. Uh, to be exact, we landed 1,515 fish. We ran wow. a nine-pound average. And I'm real happy with that, considering we were a month late. We never got one day of pre-spawn. Not one. They were already in the spawn when they turned on. And it was that good. In fact, as things heated up and settled down and whatever, we had a major fish kill, which I believe was actually a lot of... It's some columnaris in there, but it was a lot of, you know, post-spawn stress. There was a, about a week where there was huge fish floating everywhere just from that, but the bite never slowed. That's how good it was this year. But the cool part of this year was it was consistent. There was two or three days of that just knock down, drag out, can do nothing wrong and catch fish. But for the most part, you had to work for it. You had to pattern them. And as later summer turned on, the part that tickles me the most is all my lateral movement on versus off current theory started to play in. It was just cooling enough slowly that you had to stay off the current. And those folks, you know, when you read online, you know, just go to an outside bend, find the fastest one, deepest hole, and you got it. Now, that is exactly where they were not in that month. And while we didn't have a the best weight and numbers year like we did in 2021, where we ran out of water ultimately, it was really cool because it was a super consistent bite once we got it dialed in and the fish were good and the customers were happy and... I would say overall, I would say is probably in that front one of the my favorite seasons. Well, it was obvious when you see the the photos that you post on Facebook that your clients were having a blast, and it, it just amazes me. You know, down here, a, a ten pound channel cat is huge. You don't, don't see a lot of channel cats that big, and. You guys are getting fish up there that are twice that size, pretty regular. And so it's it's really uh, 
cool to watch your clients and see what they're catching with you up there on the Red River when down here, even on the Mississippi, we can't do that. I've often wondered, what do, to what do you attribute the Red River being such a phenomenal channel cat fishery, Brad? Well, we have a lot going on up here. I mean, we're very lucky. First off, we have a river that three-fourths of it doesn't get fished ever. It's, you know, it. you got your landings. Grand Forks is busy. Uh, Oslo gets some traffic. Drayton gets traffic. Fargo gets traffic. But there's... 30 to 40 yard spances in between those population centers that basically get no pressure. So until those fish are migrating in and out of those other areas, or you get that occasional person who's going to venture out, they're not being pressured there. There's plenty of forage. We got tons of suckers, gold eyes, things like that for them to eat. Nobody fishes for them at all from October to April because of the winter. Mm. So there's not there. Locals do not, for the most part, keep catfish to eat. So there's very, very few being taken out. Now you get up under the Drayton Dam, it's a killing field because that's where they go to harvest fish and take a lot of big fish die in that, that one little teeny weeny section. But when you have a 545 mile river, 200 yards of river isn't going to do it. I mean, it's just not going right. to. But I think the big thing is we do not have flatheads and we do not have blues. Therefore, uh, they're not fighting the real estate battles. They get the best hiding spots, resting spots, hunting spots, and they get their pick of the bait. So you add all that stuff together, we just have a very, very good situation going on. You definitely do. And you mentioned earlier, and some, some of your listeners may be wondering more about it, on current, off current, what you got to know as far as things like that go to catch fish. Uh, I know one of the articles, I believe the first one you're writing for Catfish Now, maybe for February, I can't remember. It's one of those, yep. uh, It's going to be about that very topic, uh, how to identify the right places to fish when you're out there in the current. And uh, having uh, read your book, I know that's a big part of it too. I know that is a, uh, an article everybody's going to want to read who fishes up in that part of the world because you've uh, studied the river and know how to put uh, folks on those fish and having that information is invaluable to anybody who's out there fishing. I think that on versus off current, you know, frankly, I'm surprised I've not read about it. Since that book came out, I have yet to read an article written by anybody else about the topic Granted, I, I mean, I'm very proud of figuring it out and putting terms to it, but I think it's so important. I mean, you know, you nowadays you got the electronics playing into it, which are a nice key. Having that map and finding those brake lines makes finding those seams so much easier. But the on versus off current is about as old school as you can get, is just identifying that little change and figuring out where the fish want to be. And, you know, it's hard to write, but an off current can be literally one foot from the main channel in almost like a little, I don't know what you would call it, a little tunnel. And those fish will be just out of it, but not in it. And you need to be able to identify. And all these years later, I can look at water and see it. And I know people that'll get in the boat if I point it out properly. Oh, I get it now. And those fish, (laughs) even though it's so minuscule, 
they know, which tells how in sync with nature they really are, too. Yeah, a lot of people don't realize how very precise you have to be as to where and how you place your bait because those fish are in very, very specific parts of, doesn't matter if you're talking about a river or a lake or a pond, uh, you gotta, gotta hit the sweet spot. That's what we call sweet spots down here in the South. I call it spot on the spot or the lake guys call it spot on the spot. It's, uh, it's really sometimes difficult to figure out what is that small, another name for it. I've seen used is superstructure. It, it's it's a part of bigger structure, a lot of times where where a river bottom channel might, might be structure, uh, uh, a creek channel branching off that river channel would be superstructure. And a lot of times those fish zero in on very small portions of that superstructure. And uh, knowing those things can really make you a better fisherman. Well, and getting in back to, you know, on-current versus off-current, if the weather is good and they're put into more of a feeding situation, they're going to go to that outside bend, you know, in the most minuscule terms, where that faster current is in the same hole. So we're talking about this exact same hole here, you know, and right. we'll just, for conversation piece, we'll say the river's 100, mile, 100 yards wide. They're going to go to the faster water and they're going to aggressively feed. And that's where most people go. I get it. I was taught that as well. But if you get a storm front, you get consistently cooling water where the fish aren't going to be as aggressive or as active, you just move to the other side. And it it's so difficult to tell somebody that you're on the inside of the same hole, dropping it over the edge to the slow side. It's, you know, people look at you like, what is the matter with you? But it's so minuscule that they're moving that 20 yards or 30 yards in or out of the current. And it does make a huge difference. And sometimes it's, they'll move in the middle of the day. You got to still kind of be trying stuff to stay on them. I've watched a lot of anglers in Missouri. They don't talk about it in the same terms that you do, but on some of the rivers in Missouri, they, they, look for the same situations that you're looking for. And uh, a lot of times those anglers, when I would be fishing with them, we might be anchored uh, on a spot where we were in 10 feet of water and we were casting to a spot where there was 30 feet of water. And they would say, well, things have uh, changed with the current now because they've opened the water at the dam and then we would move and do just the opposite. We would cast from a deep water spot over to the shallow water spot. Uh, and it differed throughout the day where those fish would be. Sometimes they'd be in the bottom of the deepest hole. Sometimes they'd be actively feeding up on those shelves in shallower water. So you really, catfish is not just tossing the bait out just any old where you might get lucky that way and you might get lucky a lot because we got a lot of catfish but if you're really going to be consistent catching good fish you've got to know exactly where to go right and you know i have the luxury of being here a lot and yeah, I, i'm convinced that's a big luxury i'm convinced <laughs> i could 
do it pretty much anywhere. But, you know, even if I'm not out there for two or three days, what I'll usually do if I'm not sure where they are, and I've talked about this a lot on this show, is I'll go find a spot where I think they're not and then pray I don't catch a fish there so I know (laughs) that they're where they should be. And people give you the funniest look when you do that, but you can eliminate half of the water in 15 minutes. There's so much to learn. You know, I I am now about to be 67 years old. I started catfishing when I was probably 9 or 10, so... I've been doing it for close to 60 years, and I have never even come close to learning all the things there are to learn about catfishing. To me, that's what makes catfishing stand out from a lot of other fishing sports is the depth of catfishing. There's so many tactics, so many baits, so many places to go year-round, spring, summer, fall, winter, and uh, you just never quit learning. There is so much to learn, and that's why it's fun to me being a part of Catfish Now magazine because it's such a great source of information for anybody who's wanting to learn that's just a beginner getting started or even uh, folks like me. I love to read uh, stories too because – we always have some more advanced uh, articles for people who've been out there doing it 50 years. So there's something for everybody. And I really enjoy being a part of sharing all that information and helping people uh, enjoy their experience on the water a, a little more. Well, I get that at tournaments, and I'm I'm the worst tournament angler there is, which is why I run most of them around here. But you know, I'll be out in the crowd, especially one that I'm not affiliated with, where I'm just hanging out. Yeah, so where are the fish biting? Well, you got to go look for something like this. I won't give them a spot. I never give away specific spots, but go look for something like this. Really, you're going to tell me where you've been fishing? Well, I do every week in my report. What do I care? I mean, there's no secrets anymore. Frankly, sure. I mean, you're not going to be bothering me for the most part, unless you know where my spots are. You might figure it out, but I mean, there's no secrets. Those fish are moving. You know, you just got to find the right pattern and do it. And frankly, when it's tournament day, I don't got a dog in this fight. Go have fun. See what you can do. (laughs) Well, that's the other thing I like about catfishing is the folks who do it are are very generous and helpful and share with each other. Uh, I can sit down with anybody who enjoys catfishing and share information back and forth that you might think would be proprietary where they wouldn't want to share it with you but that's not the way it is we're really good in this sport about helping each other and uh, helping other people enjoy the sport as well so that makes it more fun to me well let's take a minute and get it get one more ad talked about for a minute and i want to i want to go back in history a little bit with you and talk about just the media and what you just talked about so if you have Move snow with a skid steer, and boy, do we got snow right now up here in the north. You must see the muskox different. A patented back drag feature allows operators to blow snow while backing and dragging front of obstructions like garage doors, siding, and fire hydrants. This saves time and money while lowering injury by decreasing manual labor. The optional dual auger, called the dually, helps the operator eat through big snow, snowfalls, ice, crust, snow, and blow more snow while back dragging. 
And this glide plate allows you to glide over grass and gravel without ripping up the soft surf surfaces. Subsequently, create an instant torque on the lower cutting edge to break up the snow and ice better and expose the hard surfaces. See the muskox difference? Go to muskox.com or Facebook at muskox snowblowers. Call 218-288-1905. Muskox, see the difference for yourself. And they are taking dealer inquiries if you're interested in being a dealer. Okay, you were talking about Catfish Now and the information shared. Let's go back to when you started writing about catfishing. There wasn't much out there. There was probably Catfish Insider, maybe that book, and then your book, um, I have it written down here, stand by. Which one was it? Catfish Beyond the, or Beyond the Basics was the second one. What was the yeah, first was, one? Fishing uh, for fishing Catfish? Fishing for Catfish. Yep, that's the one. It was part of the uh, Creative uh, Publishing's Hunting and Fishing Library Uh a, a series of really, really fantastic books. Uh, you're right. There was so little out there. When I did my first book, there there were a few books out there that had been done, Most mostly older books done back in the 50s. You, you would really have to try hard to find them. In Fisherman kind of led the charge. Those folks up in Brainerd, Minnesota with that magazine uh, the editor, Doug Stange, was uh, really a, a big cat fisherman and enjoyed doing it. And that staff up there really brought catfishing to the forefront. And I, I was fortunate to work with those guys a lot on their magazines, too. And uh, I think, really, they were instrumental in kind of getting rid of this ridiculous bad image that catfish had for so many years people looked at catfish like they were just trash fish uh there were few limits uh you catch as many as you wanted in most places there were no length limits no creel limits uh, i mean people just kind of looked down on catfishing and i never did understand that here you got a fish that's extremely uh, widely distributed all over North America. It gets huge in some cases. It's ridiculously abundant in most waters. Uh, anybody can learn to fish for catfish, and they're delicious to eat. What's not to like? There's, uh, you know, there's so much about catfish to like. And when I decided I needed a niche, I had uh, been catfishing since I was a kid, and I decided that that niche needs a champion. And so I really wanted to get out there and talk more about catfishing and help people enjoy catfishing more than they could back then. Hence the catfish Sutton. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's been good to me. I've been very lucky, and I've done four books now and four catfishing books, and uh, there's always something new to, to add. Uh, but I've been very fortunate. I, I don't know a whole lot, but I've been in the boat with a lot of really great catfish anglers. My uncles were super catfish anglers and they taught me a lot. And so I was able to share what other people shared with me, which brought me great pleasure. And so I hope that 
some of what I've done over the decades writing about catfish is, is help people enjoy the sport more. Well, I mean, this is the part where I tell you that I'm so jealous of you because you got in early enough in the game that you didn't have to fight the clutter of social media and who's the expert yeah. who's doing this. So here I got these books that I think are good, but I'm biased, of course. And, you know, or we go down and do these Catfish Universities, which is all original information, and all I hear is, well, when are you going to post it to YouTube? Well, <laughs> I'm not. Right, right. I'm not. And, you know, it's it's made the it's made the career harder. So that's where I say it's a it little, little more it, jealous. It really has. And there's almost too much information now. It's hard to absorb it all. And it's hard to know what's reliable and what's not. Uh, I'm right now really getting in the middle of all that because uh, Catfish Now is not just a magazine. It's also a, a social media channel. Uh, we have a YouTube channel and a uh, Facebook page, and a lot of people go to those more than they go to the magazine. So there's just a glut of information out there. And uh, every day I'm trying to sift through all of that information, find out what's the best reliable information that I can pass on as an editor. And uh, hopefully we'll be able to do that. I, I'm excited about this position. I like uh, editing. I've worked with some big magazines as editors, Sports Field, Outdoor Life, Cabela's. Uh, I haven't done it in a while, but uh, I'm glad to be back. And it's really cool for me to be doing a magazine entirely about catfishing. Well, I th I'm excited. It's going to be a lot different, I think. I think there's going to be, you know, because I know kind of how you put out information. I think it's going to be a lot more high quality stuff. And that reminds me, I was going to go back to this, um, your kid's catfishing section. Should I make my kid write you something? <laughs> yeah, there might be a way we could look at doing something like that for sure. You and I'll discuss that when we get off the air, but uh, yeah, the I, reason I, I brought that, that up, fun. I was going to point out that, you know, looking back at expectations this year, that's kind of, it was the, got to be my thing was people's expectations. And I've known this forever, but every kid is different. And as a guide, you see all these different levels of kids. And I mean, I had an eight year old from Mississippi this year and that little turd was just a card and it took <laughs> one fish to realize that I didn't need to help him. And he was helping me. I would be bent over with a fish from his brother or his grandpa, and I'd t reach over to get my plier, and my plier's gone, and he was always a second late, and boom, there's the plier. <laughs> or I'd turn to get the net, and the net's gone, and boom, there's the net. And he's you know, trying to help me. But this, this dude, he, he talked all day long. He was funny as heck. He picked the rod up and fought that fish, and it was like you know, you'd never know he was eight years old. Meanwhile, you'll get a 14-year-old that's calling the fish icky and doesn't want to hold it for the photo. Right. So there's those two different things. And, you know, every every kid is different. And then I go back to my kid who's been in the boat since he could stand up. And, I mean, we started him out reeling in the rod holders, and then pretty soon we'd hand him the rod. And, heck, since he was 10 years old, I don't even get out of the chair when the fish hits. And he's been netting for a couple of years and I mean, he's, he can do everything I can do except pick spots just because he hasn't got that part dialed in yet. But for the most part, he can do everything in the boat. I'm just along for the ride. 
and you know he's well, not even 13, I, 13 I really yet. enjoy uh watching what kids do i've got six grown sons of my own we always catfish when they were young uh they they've all enjoyed catfishing and uh, it's nice to me uh, catfishing now's publisher dan Dannemuller of alabama he uh that's a big deal to him that we don't forget the kids and uh so i'll be looking for a lot of ways to share what some of those exceptional kids are doing and uh your son it was, it's it's kind of funny you mentioned uh him because he's already been on my radar we haven't talked about it yet but he's one of those kids i see who's doing it enough that he might could talk about it well it's the problem is he's a shy kid i mean i can i can sit <laughs> well, and talk to writing him. if he if i he can, can uh lock himself up in a room somewhere and sit down and write something on his own maybe he could do that i can sit and talk to him and he'll talk about it but i mean i've wanted to bring him in here for a catfish best source but i know i'd flip the camera over to him and he would just go <laughs> I, I just know that well, it's it's how kids are more fishermen than they are radio host well so. he's he's a little artist because he's been working with a taxidermist for a year so i mean ah. He can fish and hunting is his thing. It's not mine, but it's his thing, definitely. And then working over at that shop, seeing all those big animals come through. And but you know, I was in there the other day because he gets dropped off after school and changes clothes. I grab his clothes to take him home so they don't get lost because he would lose them because he'd lose his ass if it wasn't attached. <laughs> but uh, anyways, he had been mounting deer legs. For a client and he grabbed this brush and looks at the deer legs and i thought he was brushing the hair and he goes no the stitching is off a little bit i have to straighten it before it dries out all the way and i mean he just went right to that i'm just like okay great whatever i'm glad you're learning something have a nice day bye but uh he's a he's an outdoorsman if there ever was an outdoorsman i mean way more yeah. than i was at that age it's real important i think that all of us try to share outdoor experiences with our kids uh it's so important that we get them outdoors and it's important to all of us that we do that with our kids because they're the ones that's going to be taking care of all those outdoor treasures when we go along uh so doing kid stuff's important to me it always has been and uh I've fortunately had some real fun experiences with my sons and now with grandkids even. So uh, that's a, a big part of what we do at Catfish Now, too. Uh, I, as I mentioned, we try to include the women, too. There's a lot of women catfish anglers, but I hope folks will go out. The biggest thing that surprises me is uh, and I was a little bit shocked as this is a really great magazine and it's only got a few thousand subscribers. It's free folks go to catfishnow.com and you'll see a subscribe button. All you got to do is enter your information there. It takes you a couple of minutes and you're signed up and you're getting all this great information that costs you nothing. And, uh, I guarantee you'll, learn a lot you'll enjoy a lot that you read uh we're going to make it uh continue what ron presley's done as editor he's been an excellent editor 
everybody in the catfish world seems to know Ron. And uh, I want to continue in uh, his footsteps trying to bring all that good information to folks out there. Boy, Keith, you know how to end a show. We're right up at the time. I can't think of a better way to end the show. Um, congratulations on your new job. Stay on Thank stay you. on the hook here for when we wrap this up. I want to visit a couple more minutes. But uh, I couldn't think of a better way to, to end our show or we'd be here for another two hours visiting fishing. And we just might do another show one year, and you might be our first third victim. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be fun. I always enjoy it, and I... Appreciate you inviting me to be on again, Brad. Thank well, you. Hang very on, much. and I'll talk to you when we sign off. All right. Everyone in catfishing knows that fresh bait is the key to better success. Keep your bait fresh and alive longer with chiller bait tanks. Chiller bait tanks are the only fully insulated, rotal molded bait tank on the market, making them the most durable bait tank on, on the market. Chiller bait tanks offer patent pending operating system for controlling gases in marine storage tanks. Our tanks feature off-chamber aeration. What is off-chamber aeration and why is it important? Air is comprised of 78% nitrogen and 21% oxygen. We're focused on that 21% oxygen. We extract the oxygen in our pump bay, confining the bubble agitation and pump throughout the tank. Chiller bait tanks are available in 30 and 45-gallon models, and both include free shipping. Bait tanks include our three-stage quick-change filter, and customizable power cord. Chiller bait tanks are compact and durable to give you many years of worry-free bait keeping. For more information or to buy your last bait tank now, check them out on the web, chillerbaittank.com. That's it for this episode of Catfish Best Source, presented by Half Brothers Brewing. I'm still working on this lumberjack snack, and where's my camera? Right there. And it is fantastic. Stay tuned for next week's Catfish Best Source. Between now and then, be sure to check out all the other shows at Grand Fork's Best Source from local podcasts, videos, video games, sports shows, and everything at gfbestsource.com. To hear our previous episodes of Catfish Best Source, go to redrivercatfish.com, click the podcast button. Both seasons are there, ready to be listened to. In the meantime, look me up, redrivercatfish.com, Facebook at Brad Durek Outdoors. Don't forget to go sign up for the Super Clean there and Instagram at Brad Durek. Until next week, I am your host, Brad Durek. <laughs>